Beautiful, man. So obviously we got to talk about the live stream and some Nixon's music and want to talk a little songwriting and uh, get your opinion on a couple things. But uh, I think first and foremost, we got to start with the live stream, the live as it happened from OKC. And uh, this seems to be kind of a cool and a little bit of a different setup where it's not just going to be a straight concert, but it's going to be live music and then some intertwined stories and dialogue. And I imagine some dad jokes worked in as well in between tunes. Oh man, don't call me out on the dad joke stuff. That's, that's <laughs> part of my that's part of my shtick. <laughs> no, nah, man, you're right. It's going to be a cool show. You know, obviously we're all living through this you know new uh, new world order here, and we can't go out and play shows. We had some cool tours planned. The Nixons went away for about 15 years and and reunited a couple of years ago, and uh, did a cool tour at the end of the year last year with Sponge. And again, we had some cool stuff set up for this year and it all went away. So we hooked up with some buddies in Oklahoma City at this really great production house called Dukan, pulled out all the stops with the fancy video wall behind us and, you know, lights and smoke and all the, the, the bells and whistles. And we played a rock show. And um, yeah, it's, it's going to be February 19th, 7 p.m. Central Time. And as you mentioned, some cool little interludes just talking about the band. There's a lot to talk about. We, we formed in the early 90s and signed to MCA Records toured all over the place and like I said went away and now we're back so yeah it's gonna be a cool show I'm I'm really really excited I, I get to see the work in progress and it just looks cool it, it's gonna sound great and um, we're excited to have a show for people yeah get a little relief uh, something to distract us from this crazy world that we're living in today I think we need that more <laughs> than ever right now we need that distraction we need we need music more now than ever and and the live stream about the best thing we can do these days. I watched the little teaser clip and it almost felt like a documentary coming. Well, th- th- there is that. There's some, there is some behind the scenes stuff. I mean, it's, again, we're all, you know, we're all a lot further down the road in life. You mentioned bad jokes and, you know, I got two teenage kids and um, we've all lived, you know, a lot of life. We've all have families and we all have these journeys we've been on you know you mentioned songwriting that's that's my main gig now in nashville tennessee i'm, I'm you know i'm a you know professional songwriter and it's crazy to think about again the journey of the nixons you know being one of the bands in the mid 90s that got signed to a record deal and caught up in all that you know sort of amazing rock and roll that we had in the 90s and um yeah it's cool it was fun you know we sat down and did you know sort of we all have home studios so we did some sort of behind the scenes talking about the show and how we came together how the band came together and all that stuff it's just, it, again it's it's, it's going to be really cool not just a rock show but a little bit behind the scenes and is it going to be one of those things where, like, I know most of the uh, live streams these days are available for, like, 48 hours after, even if you don't, if you're not able to catch it live, right? That's a great point. Um, and I should tell people the tickets, you can go to our website and you'll get directed to, to, to find them. But it's the Nixons.veeps.com. Veeps is a really cool platform. I'm sure a lot of your, your listeners and you are aware of it. Everyone from Brandy Carlisle to Feather have been doing shows uh, using the platform. Yeah, so it'll be actually available for one week after. We sort of have a funny fan base. You know, we, we when we announced the show, we got all kinds of messages that were just, I was going to say it's cute, but it's just, it's awesome that our fans are so like, 
wait a second, hold on, I've got this event that night, I can't make it. And so, yeah, the quick answer is, no, 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 it's available for a week after. Yeah, because that's a tough thing about it. It's for the entire world, like us on the West Coast here, it's going to be at a different time, you know what I mean? Could still be sure. at work at Friday at 4 o'clock or whatever the time change is. So it's yep. always great yep. to hear that it that it's going to be available for a while. And I imagine, you know, a mix of, of the old tunes as well as the new tunes and some music off of Sonic Boom. And I've been loving and rocking crutch on the radio love that tune off of the new album or ep i should say thank you so much man i it's again it's just a weird it's a weird journey for all of us because if you would have asked me three four five years ago you know will the nixons ever do anything again i would have just said flatly no but you know life happens and you sort of bury some hatchets and we all got back in the room together and started jamming and it felt like we hadn't missed a beat you know luckily for us john our drummer is um also the drummer for seether right um and so I've always maintained that, and I, I even tell young rock bands that I write with these days, you know, it starts with the drummer. I mean, I'm a singer, so maybe a little counterintuitive for a singer to say out loud, give that much credit to a drummer. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I do, because I know how important John has been to the band over the years. And, and when we came back together, again, just to have that dude sitting behind the drums, having played rock and roll shows for 10 years with Seether, again, it just from the first downbeat of the first song we we played together in over a decade it was just it was awesome it was just you know loud rock and roll again just like we just like we did back then amen to that and you you know you had mentioned it and i was going to ask you and talk about it as well but kind of curious what was your last concert before the lockdown not one that you played but one that you attended oh Man, that's such a good question. Um, I have to say, this is kind of sad. I, you know, I, I stay in anyways. I have a studio. I've got a studio in a separate location. I write songs all the time. I have to tell you that, sadly, the last concert that I watched was the last show we did with Sponge. Ah. Uh, we, we rotated um, headlining, and on the last night, you know, it, it worked out that we played second to last and they played last and I jumped up and, and sang um, as I love to do every time I could with Vinny, 16 candles down the drain. And um, he, he had jumped up on stage with us and sang along with our loud, raucous cover of Rocket Man. So, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. I, In hindsight, I should have gone to see like 10 shows, like boom, 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 <laughs> right? I mean, nah, man, it's, it's, it's sadly it was the last concert I saw was was actually work for me but um it was still awesome well ironically it was it was the last concert i saw too i saw Vinny and sponge march 7th right before the lockdown and certainly uh was so pissed that when you guys went on tour that tour never quite made it out west to see it and i'm hoping that maybe when things get back to normal there's a, a chance of that pairing again because i haven't seen you guys yet but Vinny is amazing live and puts on a Man. good show and sonically it works perfectly I can't say enough good about them from the first night out there. You know, Sponge is a band that didn't really ever go away, right? We did go away. So when we went back out to do a tour with them, it was, I'm not going to say scary because it wasn't. It was fun and badass, but, you know, you haven't done it in 15, 16 years. Meanwhile, Vinny's just like makes you feel at ease every night. Like I said, he got up and sang, traded verses with me on Rocket Man. And, and, and by the way, uh, you know, just hanging out and drinking beer backstage with Vinny at the end of the show and the whole band. At one point, Vinny's like, hey, I've never really done much co-writing. How about I come to Nashville and turns out we wrote a song that's going to be on the next sponge record so no way. my um yeah my nixon's uh my nixon's rock and roll life uh, also led me to a cool pretty cool situation to, to get to write a sponge song who would have ever predicted that 
Wow, I can't wait to hear that, and that's great to hear. And and I was hoping that you maybe had one of those uh, late-night craft beer-drinking stories with Vinny, because I'm sure there was plenty of those on on the tour. Absolutely, man. It was awesome. And again, the whole band, they're just so cool and nice. And you do some tours over the years, and, and even I'm guilty of it. You know, you don't even ever go watch the other bands. You know, you get so sort of, again, back in the day, you know, we toured 300 days out of a year at our at our peak. And so, no, man, I'm not going to go watch the other bands every night. But with Sponge, I did every night. And so did they. It was so cool. Every night on the side of the stage, there they were, all of them just hanging out, watching. And so, yeah, it's, 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 it's become a cool friendship. And to be honest with you, again, if I rewind to the 1995-96, you know, Zach and the Nixons, we played shows with them. You know, we played shows with Sponge and Everclear and, and No Doubt and Bush and all these great 90s bands. And then how cool is it that 20 years later, there we are, you know, writing a song in my studio in Nashville. And yeah, it's, it's just cool, man. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool musical um, life that we're all living here. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned it a couple of times and certainly I wanted to talk about it. it your uh, quote unquote day job and, and being a songwriter now and kind of wanted to dig into that a little bit and, and learn your process. Like, do you set aside writing time or do you kind of have to be inspired? How does that work for you? Yeah. So, I mean, just for people that don't know, I lived in Oklahoma for, for many years. That's where the band is, is based, is, you know, so, sort of home base, and that's where we're from. And in Oklahoma, you know, I'd be on the sidelines at my kid's soccer game, and, and you know, someone would say, what do you do for a living? I'd say, I'm a songwriter. And they would say, yeah, but what do you actually do for your job? <laughs> and um, moved to Nashville and, and, you know, cut to sidelines at a, at a lacrosse game or whatever, and, and there, there's three songwriters and a music manager and a booking agent and a, you know, a entertainment lawyer. It's, this town is just right with that kind of stuff. And so to answer your question, I do. I write every day. I, I you know, I have a calendar and my publisher here, uh, Round Hill, they book me. They keep me, keep me busy. And it's anything from walk into a room with a couple other dudes. Lately, it's more Zoom writing. Right. Um, as we mentioned, the, the world we live in. But, um, you know, it's, you know, hey, let's, let's try to get a, you know, a Tim McGraw cut or a Carrie Underwood cut. Or uh, more, more often for me, and especially lately, it's I'm on a Zoom with, you know, Zach from Shinedown or, um, you know, last week, a uh, couple of days with uh, Ash from New Year's Day. You know, so it's a lot of rock bands. I still do work with a lot of them based on my, my history. Uh, but then uh, again, I've been lucky enough to have, as I mentioned, Carrie Underwood. I had a number one country song with her and yeah. we had a recent number one song with Shinedown. So uh, luckily I'm, I'm, I'm able to keep that day job, as you put it. And then, and then, you know, for fun, as I mentioned, and as we already talked about, go play a rock show with the Nixons and light the stage on fire. It's the best of both worlds, man. And best of both worlds. You you figured it out. You've solved the Rubik's cube, <laughs> dude. You got the best of both worlds going on. And I appreciate the time. And and with so many young bands listening, I kind of wanted to pick your songwriting brain a little bit more. Is there anything uh, that you are not hearing from bands today? Is there something that that they're missing? That's a great question, and I'll just say this. The first thing that popped into my head is I've always been a lyric guy. You know, as a kid, you know, breaking into my dad's record collection and reading every word of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band and, mm-hmm. and you, know, you know, listening to parsing the words and what did this mean and what did that mean. And for me, my favorite rock music, my favorite any kind of music is, are just songs that say something. And I'm not I'm not saying they have to be preachy or or like highly intellectual. I just I'm always going to be drawn to the songs that that mean a little something more. I'm one of the bands that we obviously loved back in the day and, and still do is Pearl Jam. And I can vividly remember 
someone saying, oh, this is about this kid who went into a classroom and, and did this, you know, about Jeremy or Alive. That's actually about Eddie, Eddie Vedder not knowing who his real father was. And I don't know, it, it just always meant something a little bit more to me, probably as a singer and, a, and a, as a songwriter. That's not too surprising to hear, but I would say that. And, and to be honest with you, all these young bands that I, I get to work with and Shinedown song I mentioned before, you know, it went to number one in the middle of this whole pandemic. And it, it was released as a charity song. The song's called Atlas Falls, if people want to go check it out. Yeah. And, and I'm, pr- I'm proud of that song because it actually says something. The core meaning is just hang in there. I got your back kind of thing. You know, they were able to you know, release the song and, and donate uh, about half a million dollars to charity, to this, to this charity called Direct Relief that provides medical uh, workers on the front line with supplies. And it's, it's a funny thing, that song, if you bought a T-shirt for 50 bucks that went to charity, you got a free download of Atlas Falls. And because, you know, the music's awesome and because Shinedown's big old rock and roll band, it did go to number one on the, on the rock charts, which they didn't even plan to release it. And to me, that says a lot about music, but also about the lyrics. It said something and it resonated with people. And I think that that would be my, um, my two cents. You're out there writing a, writing a rock song and practicing your scales on your on your um les paul you know just dig a little deeper tell me something you know it's interesting what you kind of said about pearl jam and and some of the topics that they hit because i feel like every third song nowadays is about the moth into the flame vibe and i I was kind of curious too if you feel like there's some topics that are kind of worn out at at this point and coming out of this pandemic is every single song going to be about some virus and like you know what i mean i wonder how much of what's going on today is going to seep into the music for tomorrow man listen trust me when this all went down and i I remember getting my first email hey you know you're booked on you know monday at at 11 a.m for the and here's the zoom link and i think the first thing i said was well i definitely don't want to write about a virus or a pandemic can we please just write (laughs) about something else so to answer your question yeah there's always you know topics that get worn out my joke here in nashville is i i I ran into an a&r guy he was, you know, putting together a record for a, a big old country artist. And, and I said, um, hey, you know, I'm going to write, I'm going to try to get a cut on that. Anything I should avoid or, or fear clear of it? He goes, yeah, man, too many songs about booze. Don't send me any songs about drinking. Well, six months later, that particular artist had a song um, that became a hit called Tequila. And so I, I called him out. I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? He's like, I know. So if it's a good song, it's a good song. So that's the truth is that, yes, there are some worn out topics. But then again, if it's a great song, it's a great song. I love it. I love it, Zach. I appreciate all the time. One last thing I kind of wanted to hit you with, and this might be a little bit left field, out of especially where we're talking, but I'd be curious to get your opinion. We're one of those old school radio stations that still celebrates mandatory Metallica and does it every single night at 10 p.m. And I'm kind of curious from your vantage point, and your experience with that band, do you remember discovering Metallica? What are your thoughts? How are they as songwriters? Tell me Zach's opinion about Metallica. First of all, they're on Mount Rushmore, I I think, right? As far as like a heavy rock band, I, I just, yeah, they are. And so my story about Metallica is a true story, which is some people won't get this and some people will. And it, it speaks to how awesome my rock and roll wife is. But when my kids were very young, I was a songwriter, you know, burgeoning songwriter. And one of my first 
couple cuts for contestants on American Idol. Stay with me here. This is going somewhere. So American Idol did a tour at the end of the show where the top eight went and stood on an arena stage and sang their cover songs and, you know, did the cheesy dance moves and all that stuff. And I had had a cut with the person that actually won American Idol this particular year. I took my kids. We got backstage. We did the whole bit. We're 45, 50 minutes into the show. And my wife leans over to me, shows me her phone and says, I can't have my kids just see this kind of a show all due respect to American Idol and, and I've had tons of cuts on contestants but she showed me her phone where she had just purchased four tickets to Metallica the next week yes. so for me bro Metallica was the, the palate cleanser for my kids and me at American Idol live so Metallica <laughs> you know save my kids rock and roll future Amen to that. And, you know, the one thing I'll kind of touch upon and be curious where you were, it's it's a, it's hard to believe as great and long as Metallica has been along, around what the Black Album still sells like on a weekly basis and a monthly yearly basis. And what's even more insane is that album is now turning 30 years old and it still feels wow. like the newer Metallica album. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing, man. I mean, I, again, those dudes just to see what they've done is, and then I'll, I'll throw in other bands too. You know, I mentioned Pearl Jam, you know, you think about, you know, when Pearl Jam sort of burst on the scene, you know, you thought, oh, well, this is going to be maybe a flash in the pan. Meanwhile, people, you know, follow Pearl Jam around the country to see them play. And I think Metallica sort of has that same, well, even more of the stature. You just mentioned that the Black Album's 30 years old. Our major label debut is 20 years old this year, 25 years old this year. And so we're right behind them. And again, they're just, you know, the, the legacy that they sort of laid out for hard rock dudes is amazing. And the, also the funny thing about Metallica to me is that, like, they've lived through so many uh, phases of their lives. You know, I mean, I, I won't even get into probably, I don't know, a couple rehabs and here and there, mm -hmm, band, mm -hmm. you know, cha member changes. You know, the, the, they cut their hair and my, my buddies that were hardcore were like, ah, that sucks, man. They, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm out on Metallica. And meanwhile, I'm like, no, wait. They just cut their hair. They're still badass. Listen to the music. So, yeah, man, I'm a, I'm a big fan, and it's cool that you guys do that. I love that. I, I love the old school stations, my hometown station back in Oklahoma. They still do the two for Tuesday thing, and I, I love all that stuff. Let's go. Yeah, love it. Got to keep it old school like that, you know? Last one I have for you that, that I think is going to hit in the heart, and I know it's been hitting me in the heart, but uh, R.I.P. E.V.H., man. Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude, listen, I have a special place in my heart for that band. You know, back in the, the day when we got signed to MCA, we did these sort of, we had these, these not classes, but the PR people would be like, hey, you know, we're going to prep you. You're going to do an interview on whatever, Rockline or whatever it was at, back in the day. And um, they said, what was your first concert? And I said, Amy Grant. And uh, I'm a small town <laughs> Oklahoma kid. And the, the guy just looked at me and he shook his head. and He goes, no, 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 no. Don't ever say that. Don't ever say Amy Grant. What was your first actual rock concert? It was Van Halen, 1984. And um, just seeing that band, I mean, I'm not, I don't mean to be sort of hyperbolic, but that made me want to do it. You know, seeing, seeing Dave and, and, and Eddie and got to meet them years later. Our tour manager was actually their tour manager for many years before we, he tour managed for us. So we, we got all the stories, dude. We got the great story of like Dave's in the Amazon, get a telegram to him saying $1 million to play us festival, come home. So we got all the great <laughs> stories. And, and again, I did get to meet Eddie once upon a time. And just to be around that dude, you can sort of feel it crackling off of him. And um, dude, just such a bummer. So missed. Like, I don't know. I mean, we're never going to really have those kind of fingers again. No, I mean, it was living, breathing Mozart, really. I mean, it, 
what he yeah. did. And interesting that here that you you could kind of feel that aura around him. So he did he did almost glow. Oh my God, absolutely, dude. There's a few people. There are a few people like that, and you you know it too. You've been around them that like you just walk away and you're like, oh, okay, that was different. That 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 that's a different human right there. You know so. Yeah, yeah, sorely missed. I'm, I'm, that was a big bummer. You know, th- that's the thing. You and I both. You wake up and you click on a headline, and this person has 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 left us. You didn't know him. They weren't like your family member or whatever. But kind of, he was right. I mean, he was yeah. part of my life. You know, and so you feel a little gutted on some of those some of those losses. Zach, I appreciate all the time. I God, I hate to go out on a, on a bummer note. Let me ask you one other question because I don't want to go out on such a down note. Kind of a, a fill in the blank question. One question outside of music let's step outside of music for one second if, it, if it's at all possible with you in your life but if there's one thing outside of music I, I try to frame the question this way when it comes to blank I spare no expense outside of music what's that one thing you got to have or do is it is it a food or a wine or, or a whiskey or what is it is there something outside of music for you that that you're into God, man, I so wish the first thing that pops into my head was like, you know, Casamigas tequila, because I do love that. But dude, it's it's kind of my kids. I'm sorry to be such back to the, I'm going full circle back to your dad joke. I won't tell one, <laughs> but I will tell you that I got two amazing sons. Uh, one's in college uh, in Boston at Tufts and one's at NYU studying music. And so, um, yeah, those those kids, man, that's it for me. It's, it's you know, it, it sort of begins and ends with them. I, I sort of stopped playing live when they when they were born and they were kids so i could go to every you know uh, football game lacrosse game track meet you know high school musical all that stuff and um and uh yeah and not to sound too uh callous but they're out of the house now bro we're, we're done you know, we've got them out there they're, they're raised they're good humans they're doing good in the world so yeah the one thing for me outside of music is is uh it's those those kids, you know, my family. And now that they're gone, now the band's back together. I love it. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's what my wife said. She's like, "Oh my god, were you waiting for them to leave?" Uh, <laughs> but no, it's, it's. I will say one last thing that was sort of the the weird bonus I didn't see coming. But when we played our first reunion show, uh, as I mentioned, seventeen years after we had played, um, we played back in Oklahoma City, our hometown sold out big old room full of people and at the side of the stage were my two teenage sons who had never seen me right so if you think about the math there 17 years you know they're now 18 and 20 years old and they'd never seen that side of you that that dad you know they'd never seen the, the cool dad as i mentioned <laughs> dove into the crowd I, I caught my kid showing um video of me jumping into stage diving at a festival to his buddies after he got to go witness it for himself so pretty cool man pretty cool bonus for all of our we all have kids and, and families and to see them all side stage now is pretty pretty awesome dude that's the best zach you're the best thank you so much for the time dude i appreciate you thank you so much zach have a great day you too bye-bye Dude, you absolutely rock. Thank you so much for checking out the entire interview. Now just hit subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast, Radioactive Mike Z. My interviews in their entirety, available on all the major platforms. Tune in, Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever you're listening to right now. Just hit the subscribe button. Make sure to give me a follow on the socials as well. I'll follow you back at MikeZ967. And bro, don't miss the radio show. Now 10 p.m to midnight on 96.7 KCAL Rocks in the Southern California Inland Empire area, Riverside, San Bernardino County. Always streaming online at kcalfm.com. You, my friend, absolutely rock.